the juiciest of rumors we could possibly have for the offseason. Should the Sabres trade for Connor Hellebuck? You're locked on Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as the YouTube channel, Locked On Sabres. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to today's show. We've been rolling through some exit interviews, looking through the roster, how they fared last season, what they'll look like next year, contract questions, all uh, uh, all on the table uh, when we're going through Peyton Krebs and Dylan Cousins on our most recent episode, which you can find, again, on this feed, wherever you may be listening or watching on our YouTube channel. But today, come out. From going after a player, and that is because we have not quite news to talk about with the Sabres, but we do have a rumor to talk about with the Buffalo Sabres and as it pertains to the Buffalo Sabres, and it is about as juicy as it possibly gets. So let's dive right into it. We'll talk a little bit about the playoffs a little bit later on. Jack Eichel is now... You might win the con Smythe. We'll get into that a little bit later on and how we feel about that, where we're at uh, when it comes to Eichel and the playoffs and all of it, the Leafs. Um, so all that's coming up in just a little bit. But I got to start right here off the top with the, the title of this show, the reason you might be tuning into this show. You might be excited to talk about the Sabres with your buddies for the next couple of days and weeks. Um, you don't usually get a lot of that in May, right? Like if their playoffs aren't happening for them, then you're usually not going to get a lot. Well, we got a bomb dropped by Michael Russo of The Athletic, who wrote about what he's hearing. Uh, Michael Russo, NHL insider, also covers the Minnesota Wild for The Athletic. A lot of juicy stuff from him in his most recent article. And I think the juiciest thing he had pertained to the Buffalo Sabres. And arguably, he, he is in my opinion, but arguably the greatest goaltender in the world today Connor Hellebuck of the Winnipeg Jets. The story with Hellebuck was that after Winnipeg got knocked out in round one by the Golden Knights, and Hellebuck did not play well in that series, don't get me wrong, he went along and said in this media scrum end-of-season press conference, he does not want to be around for a rebuild. And Winnipeg might be about to go into a rebuild. That's within, that's, you know, within it's in doubt right now, but they might. And if they do go into a rebuild, this guy's getting traded. He's about to be 30 years old, and he's only got one year left on his contract. So the time to get out of that, if the Winnipeg Jets don't want to pay him long-term or don't think he'll sign long-term, is now. And the guy wants to win. So what does Michael Russo report from the report? What does he report on Monday morning? Michael Russo writes, quote, Hellebuck is one of the NHL's Few true number one workhorse goaltenders. He won the Vesna in 2020, finals again. How much is he going to want on a long-term deal? Currently making $6.16 million. He could command $9 million plus on the open market. Can the Jets stomach that? So let's pause and let's break that down. Because 
and we'll get to the Sabres part of this, $9 million. Keep that number in mind. That's what you're looking at for a long-term price tag on a guy that's only got one year left on his deal. Can the Jets stomach that? I want to bet that there is not a long-term relationship uh, to be had here between Winnipeg and Connor Hellebuck. But anyways, let's continue on with, and let me provide some stats actually before we continue on. Hellebuck, is he the best goalie in hockey? In my opinion, he is. The last four years, in goals saved above expected, Connor Hellebuck has ranked 8th, 3rd, 11th, 1st. And that is a position where guys are very roller coastery, up and down. Sergei Bobrovsky's won two Vesnas in his career. And in the years after and the years prior, he's bad. Marc-Andre Fleury has had great years and then terrible years. Jonathan Quick has had great years and then terrible years. A lot of these star goalies, Carey Price even. Carey Price is maybe the biggest culprit. He's had insane years where you think he's the best goalie he's ever lived in the next year he's below average. Halibut is one of the few guys in the last 20 years that is just steady. Always great. Now, sometimes he is the best goalie in the world, as you heard there where he was first. Sometimes he's just really good, like when he was 11th or 8th. But he is constantly tremendous. And, again, there's less variation with him as there is to other star goaltenders, most other star goalies. You see Saros is one guy that's been a little bit more consistent too, but Hellebuck is the guy for this. Continuing on with this quote, Russo writes, if he becomes available, do, don't be surprised if Buffalo and New Jersey take big swings. One, one third, excuse me, can't read today. One thing we've heard early this offseason is that the Sabres have interest in Hellebuck with the belief that a genuine number one goaltender could be the last remaining piece in turning them into contenders. Getting one would also allow them to hold off on turning the reins over to Devin Levi until he's proven to be NHL ready. Okay, pause again. Let's break that down. The notion that you would be replacing Devin Levi. You would kind of be replacing Devin Levi, but you'd be doing it more for the short term. Not talking yet about the contract part of it. But what he says there about uh, Levi and waiting until he's NHL ready, proven to be NHL ready. He looked NHL ready as NHL ready as you could look at a seven-game sample size. But it wasn't a lot of games. And you don't know what's going to be next to Levi in his rookie season. This is his rookie campaign. And, you know, for you could say, hey, they showed they showed their hand. They think he's an NHL number one when they played him down the stretch. They had no choice. To me, that could say as much about Lucan and Comrie as it could say about Levi. Maybe they were just playing Levi because they didn't know they didn't have anybody else, because they lost all faith in Ukepeka Lucan and Eric Comrie, which is completely believable that you would lose faith in those two. So was it as much about Levi's as much about the other two? I don't know. Uh, I think it could be a little bit of both. It probably is a little bit of both. So, you know, until Levi's a proven NHL ready, I think not to say Levi would be Rochester. I don't think he would. I think he would be in the NHL. You just, he would be the one B to Hellebuck's one A. Hellebuck would never be the one B. He's too good. The other part of this, when you talk about, Levi, when you think about Hellebuck as an idea, what's the magic word you'll hear a lot when this trade gets discussed? Blocking Levi. You're blocking Devin Levi. And yes, you are doing that. But 
he's the best goalie in hockey. You know, like it blocking is one thing when you're doing it for guys that you don't need or guys that you they're are providing you any value. Like, what is this? Who was this for years? Scott Wilson was this guy on the Sabres. I always think of him for this fourth liner, veteran guy playing the Sabres for a couple of years. And they had CJ Smith types in Rochester. Like, I want to get a look at this guy. Let's see if these prospects down there can become anything. They probably weren't going to, but can we at least get a look at it? And they couldn't because Scott Wilson had to be in the lineup because he was blocking development. He was blocking NHL spots for other guys. Um, Hellebuck is not that. You know, Sydney. if you traded for Sidney Crosby and he was playing above Casey Middlestat, no, that's a bad example. If Crosby was playing above Matthew Savoy, is Crosby blocking his development? Okay, yes, but... He's one of the best centermen in, in the world. You know, like, it's not, it, there are exceptions to that. And I think Hellebuck could very well be an exception. He is tempting to me. Very tempting. Even with Levi in the picture. And the reason why is we talk about this team being playoff ready. We talk about this team competing for a playoff spot next year. If you ask any Sabre fan or anyone that covers the sport, can the Sabres win the Stanley Cup next year? Everyone's answer is no. And that's fine, right? Like, they're developing. They're on the right path. They don't need to win the Stanley Cup next year. Just make the next right step, and eventually you'll get there. But the reason it is tempting, I truly believe this hockey team that was third in the NHL in scoring last season, if they traded for Connor Hellebuck tomorrow, and you ask me, could they win the Stanley Cup next season? My answer would be absolutely yes, they can. Absolutely they can. They can't be on Florida's level. Florida, who they just competed with for a playoff spot, now is making a run and might win the cup this year. They can't do what Florida's done because they've got the scoring. They've got the young talent on the top of their blue line. What didn't they have? Saves. And you would be in, and Levi is promising. And he's probably going to be the answer. but. Hellebuck is the best answer imaginable. I mean, there's no, dis- there, there is disputing it. You could say Saros is the best goalie in hockey. You tell me Vasilevsky is, but he's right there. If you even disagree with me that he's not the best. So it is very tempting. He's on a one-year deal. There are two different ways to look at this conversation. One is a rental. For next year, you could do it, but you don't want to sign them long-term, so trade for them, get them at a discounted rate. Maybe you can get them at a discounted rate. I don't necessarily think you can, but we'll talk about that in a second. Um, Long-term versus short-term. But there's no doubt in my mind, this team where goalie is more important, I think it's fair to say this, goalie is more important on this Sabres team than any other team in the league. Why is that? Because of the style Don Granado wants to play and the build of their team. They are insanely offensive. They want to play up and down the ice. They want to play high event hockey. They want to score tons of goals. And for a team that wants to play that way, a natural consequence of playing that way is you're going to give up some quality chances. It's just the way it is. You can prevent that. You can limit that by adding on your blue line. And everybody hopes the Sabres will do that this offseason. That is one answer, but you'll never completely solve it. When you play this style, you'll never be a lockdown, shutdown defensive team. You just won't, unless you're the best team in generations like Boston was. So given that they're always probably going to be giving up a lot more chances than, than a team that plays, you know, a lockdown, Barry Trot style, the job 
for this team's goalie is harder than on other teams. And the need to have not one great goaltender, but two very good goaltenders is more important for the Sabres than anybody else. So Levi can be half that answer or even 40% of that answer. Maybe he'll end up being 70% of that answer, but he could be one guy. You need another. And the reason it's tempting is there is no other guy you could get that is better than this guy. There just there just simply isn't. And that's why it's tempting. They would be an instant Stanley Cup contender, if you ask me. Now, two other questions that pertain to Hellebuck that we'll tackle when we come back. One, what would it cost? There is some... I'll continue on with this Russo uh, comment in his article. There are names mentioned, and there are prices that I'm thinking about for what he could cost. So we'll tackle what it costs, and two, whether or not we believe this rumor in the first place. That, before we get to some playoff talk, coming up here on the Locked on Sabres podcast, we are presented by Athletic Greens right there. Pop out over the website, athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. If you find all you need to know about Athletic Greens, the best way to start your day right. 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens with AG1. There are two ways to do it. Two ways that I like to do it, at least. There are more than that. But the ways I like to do it is... You either get your uh, your blend bot your your blender bottle. You throw in a cup, uh, some water, and a scoop of AG1, and that's it. You shake it up, and it tastes great. And that's how you start your day every morning. Get all those vitamins and minerals. Or if you're not feeling like making a shake, or you just want to have coffee or water, you don't want to you know actually drink the shake, then droplets, boop, one little drop. That's it. You get it all. You don't even notice that it's there. Uh, it's the easiest way to do it. So. Try AG1. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues. He ended up with a complicated sup- supplement routine to recover, and it cost him $100 per day. It costs $3 per day, less than $3 per day with Athletic Greens. You're getting a ton of multivitamins, minerals. It's a small micro habit with big benefits. It's the one day you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Again, one scoop and a cup of water every day or one drop. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Sneaky Joe DiBiase back here in the Lockdown Savers podcast. We are tackling Connor Hellebuck on today's show. He is of the Winnipeg Jets still. We got some trade rumors, and we've got a juicy trade rumor from Michael Russo of The Athletic, very plugged into the league, and he writes, if Hellebuck becomes available, quote, don't be surprised if Buffalo and New Jersey take big swings. Now, what would it cost? Before we get to whether or not we believe this rumor, what would it cost? Russo writes is, quote, the Jets would want young team controlled assets in exchange. And the Sabres have plenty of those from a youngish goaltender in Ukapekalukanen to promising talents like Peyton Krebs and even Casey Middlestat. 
Those are the three names, and those are reasonable names. He doesn't mention Matthew Savoy. doesn't mention Yuri Kulik. He doesn't mention even Isaac Roseanne. doesn't mention Noah Oslin. doesn't mention Dylan Cousins or Jack Quinn or J.J. Paterka or, of course, Owen Power. Krebs, Middlestat, Lukanen. To different degrees, these are players that fans would be okay parting with. Krebs, probably the least likely. Middlestat, maybe right there. He had an incredible season point-wise. And Lukanen, I would imagine a lot of fans would be okay giving away Lukanen. Now, the reason I think Lukanen fits into any trade here, he's got value. He's a good prospect still. Not a great prospect, but a good prospect. He's still young enough, 23 years old, big frame, athletic. I, I don't necessarily think he's needed on this team anymore because they've got Levi. They've got their, their goal, young goalie potential in the system already with Levi. And if you want it further down the line to Pius Linen, and who was the number one goalie picked by the Sabres in this past draft. So they've got it in the system. They don't need it. Flip your talent pool, right? From young and unproven with potential to veteran and established to go with Levi. So Lukanen trade makes total sense. You've heard me on that a million times. So I'm putting Lukanen into any trade when it comes to Connor Hellebuck. The other two, don't think you should have to give both. That's because Hellebuck only has one year left in his deal. But what's going to matter here, Can because if you're Winnipeg, this is the way you treat it. If I'm the Jets, what am I doing? I'm searching for a team that Hellebuck will sign with long-term and that wants to, a team that wants to sign Hellebuck to a long-term deal. Why? You're just going to get more. You're going to get, a, if a team is willing to, wants to trade for eight years of Hellebuck, they'll be willing to spend more than a team that only is trading for one year of Connor Hellebuck. So, like the Devils there, for instance, they're mentioned with the Sabres by Russo. The Devils, why would they not want to pay Hellebuck? They're going to be trying to trade for eight years of Connor Hellebuck, not one. So if you're the Sabres, you know, and you want in, you got to pay the eight-year price. Whether or not you want him for one year or more, you got to pay the price to just to get him in a trade. You have to outbid teams that are trading for an eight-year price of Connor Hellebuck. So you're already giving up that much. And what, what would that much be? You know, they want young, cost-controlled assets. I think Krebs, Lukanen, and a first is probably right for this. Now, maybe because you're picking 13th this year, and if you trade for Hellebuck, you're going to be a damn good team. You give them next year's first, because you're expecting to be great if you trade for this guy. And that pick would be in the 20s, maybe even the late 20s. So, Lukanen, Krebs, and next year's first for Connor Hellebuck, and then you lock him up. To me, it has to come with an extension. I've seen people talk about the rental idea for Hellebuck. I just don't think it fits. I don't think it makes sense. And how do you think that's going to go? You could walk into that trade thinking, oh, we'll just take him for one year. That's easier said than done. You trade for Connor Hellebuck thinking, I'll get one great year out of him and then let him walk, and that's it. Man, you're going to have to fight the urge to sign him because how do you think it's going to go? You tra- and it, you trade for Connor Hellebuck, and it goes the way you want. You trade for him, he's the best goalie in hockey, and you're still scoring a crap ton of goals. What's going to happen? Sabres going to be competing for the division. Like the division title. Really, they will. That's how good it would go if he shows up and is tremendous like he's been every year for the last five years. So if that's how it goes, you're going to want to pay him. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I really don't. It's not the best use of assets, but come on, it's time to win. And what is a team, what is an ultra-aggressive team that is just consumed with the idea 
of winning the cup, not making the playoffs, but winning the cup. What do they do in this spot? They, they go, oh yeah, Devin Levi is a great young prospect and we're excited for him. But come on, that guy's played less than 10 games. We're not going to pass on the number one goalie in the world for a guy that's played less than 10 games. I don't care how good of a prospect he is. That's how Vegas acts. And you could argue, for better or worse, whether or not that's the way you the Sabres should operate, whether they should take a Vegas approach. I don't even go all in like Vegas does every single time. But take a chapter out of that book. Let's ultra-aggressive. Of, of, you know what Vegas does in that spot? Vegas trades for him. Why? Because he's the best goalie in the world. And they're not going to let that opportunity slip. It's an opportunity. They'll make the rest work. If Levi is amazing, then you, you find a way to make it work. You let Hellebuck walk. You trade him at the deadline. You don't trade him at the deadline. But you sign Hellebuck, and then you trade him. You trade him a couple years down the road after the guys play together for two, three years. You know, Florida did this, right? Florida had, in the same offseason, gave Sergei Bobrovsky an eight-year, $10 million contract and drafted Spencer Knight with a first-round pick, and he was the best goalie prospect in the world. They acquired two at the same time. And a few years later down the road, I know Spencer Knight's had his off-ice issues, and he's away from the team. Here's Bobrovsky. They signed him. Did they need him? They could have just drafted Spencer Knight and thought, hey, we're set. We'll get through a couple years. Spencer Knight will be our goalie of the future. And maybe that would have been great. Maybe Knight would have had a different route in his career. I know, again, the off-ice issue, it's tough to, with the the rehab, it's tough to, you know, even throw, lump him into this conversation. It's probably inappropriate to do it in the first place. But here's Bobrovsky. Might win the cup. He was amazing against Toronto. Here's Florida in the conference finals. Um, Boston. Boston's another prime example of this. Hey, Jeremy Swayman, amazing young goalie prospect. Great in college, amazing and a little just a very minuscule amount in the in the AHL level. Really good in a limited amount of NHL action. About the same as Levi. What did Boston do? Now they can go trade for the best goalie in hockey. They signed a guy that became the best goalie in hockey and Linus Olmark for this season. Um, that's not the idea they had. But what happened in Boston? Uh, they kind of just stumbled their way into a star goalie prospect with an elite goalie. And how'd that go? It went great. Why? Because they managed it. They managed the heck out of it. Uh, it, it well, this year, Mina Solmark started 48 games. Swayman started 33. What's wrong with that for the next two years? Three years. Hellebuck starting 48 games. Levi starting 33. You can't run with that split for two, three years. And guess what? If after two, three years, you do that. And Devin Levi is, oh my God, this guy's a Vesna candidate. Like he's, he's amazing. He has to be our number one. That's a good problem to have. Go trade Hellebuck. You, you can figure out a way to do it. To, to, you'll have value. Two star players in a position shouldn't be a problem like this, especially when it's at a position where they have one giant unknown commodity next to a guy who's played less than 10 games. You have a big blank space next to Levi. Uh, man, it's not its not like you have two great goalies and you're adding Hellebuck. You have one that you hope is great, and he probably is. I should, I should keep saying that. Hell, Levi is probably great, but you don't know for sure, and you still need another guy anyway. You need another guy that's really good to great. So you can hear it in my voice. I'm very enticed by this Hellebuck idea. Now, here's the another overall point here, though, or question. Do we believe this rumor in the first place? I'm tempted to not believe it. I'm like, I want to 25% believe it. I could see it. And Russo, it's tough here, because Michael Russo is very plugged in. He's very, very good. He's a very trusted, reliable source. I believe that he has a source that says this. Now, 
He's in Minnesota. This may be a very weak connection to, to make. He's more familiar with the Central Division. He's closer to Winnipeg than he is the Buffalo. Um, I've seen him report about the Jets a lot. Maybe his source is on the Winnipeg side of things. But if the Jets are thinking, if, if it did come from Winnipeg, if the Jets are thinking the Sabres are in, I mean, why? I, I'm sure there are reasons. Drum up a market, but are they just making up that the Sabres are in on Hellebuck? Maybe they made a call. That Maybe that's all it is. Maybe the Sabres just made a call. But, hey, they at least made a call, if that's true. So, very interesting. Do we believe the rumors? Their actions say you shouldn't. All their actions have pointed to, they believe Devin Levi is the full throttle number one goalie. Almost all of them. Their lack of trust in Lukanen and Comrie is why you can keep the door open. They did not trust those two down the stretch. So the way they talk about Levi, the way they talk about you know him going forward, I'd be surprised if they actually did make this trade. But I would not want to rule it out because, as I pointed out, I, th- I think I've pointed out, you might disagree, uh, and you can let me know in the comment section or on Twitter. Um, I think I've I think there's a logical there's a logical uh, case to be made here that the Sabers could be a be the team that pulls this trade off if somebody does it. All right, that's it for today on Hellebuck. We'll see if any more becomes of it. Do you like the Connor Hellebuck idea? Let, let me know at Locked On Sabers or on our YouTube channel. We'll read some comments and questions on our next show. Time out here when we come back. Jack Eichel, he's the Con Smythe favorite. We'll get to that when we come back. You're on the Locked On Savers podcast. We are presented by Game Time. It is there's a lot going on nearby, including a golf major, the PGA Championship. Just a quick hour and 15 minute drive away. I'm riding up the uh, the throughway, riding up the 90, going uh, to Oak Hill on Wednesday. Going to have a great time. And the best way to get tickets, if you're looking for a day pass or you want maybe, hey, Calder Cup. Amherst playoff game that night, go to the game time app. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer last minute deals, uh, on, or killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you'll actually have. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football basketball baseball concerts comedy theater and more the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time is going to credit you 110 percent of the difference get images of your seat before you buy them it's my favorite feature you see the exact angle that you'll be looking at download the game time app create an account use the code Locked on NHL, you'll get $20 off your first purchase right there. Use the code locked on NHL for $20 off at game time. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Final segment here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. Stinky Joe DiBiase and the Vegas Golden Knights are through. They're through to the next round. Jack Eichel, seven points. In seven games, a point per game, and he is on to the next round. Now, I have not necessarily been watching, I've said this with the same hate that I've had for Eichel in the past. And there are a couple of reasons for that. It's the Sabre, the trade working out well for the Sabres. Um, it's the fact that they're good now. And, you know, we're further, further away from that, that ghastly quote that he made after losing to the Sabres last season. Now he's the Conn Smythe favorite. 
I wonder if the heat's going to get turned up for me on this. Will I watch with more anger, more hate? And maybe the reason I will is every day that passes, every win they have, the vision gets a little more clear of him hoisting not only the cup, but the Conn Smythe trophy. Today, on Monday, Jack Eichel is the co-favorite to win the Conn Smythe plus 600 with Sebastian Ajo of the Carolina Hurricanes. After four years after O'Reilly won it. Five years after O'Reilly won it. No, four years after O'Reilly won it. Eichel might win it. And he's been dynamite. And you know, man, that Edmonton series. This guy, you say what you want about him. He definitely holds grudges, right? I mean, did it here. He holds grudges. And he's the guy that way back when, that beyond blue and gold that they did when after they drafted him, there he is in the draft meeting room with Tim Murray and the other Sabres executives, and they talk about the lottery happening. And Eichel interrupts them and says, I think you guys won the lottery. Now he was wrong. He was dead wrong, of course. But that's the type of personality Eichel has. He does have a chip on his shoulder, and he carries it, and he holds a grudge, sometimes to a fault, like here when he made that comment after the Vegas game last season. But you don't think that guy has been carrying around with him for five years, seven years now, that he's not as good as Connor McDavid. You don't think that gets to him? I bet it does. It's the way he's geared. Again, sometimes this is a fault, and a lot of times it can be, I bet. But I bet that's in there. I bet this is a guy that just can't stand the fact he's not as good as McDavid. And I bet you it felt pretty damn sweet to run through the Oilers in this series. Now, the team that didn't necessarily, they only won it in six games, not four. They didn't sweep them. Eichel's line was unbelievable in this series. At five on five, the when Eichel and Jonathan Marshashow were on the ice, Marshashow had a hat trick in game six. When they were on the ice at five on five, the Golden Knights outs, outscored the Oilers 10 to one. That's the difference in the series right there. Eichel won them the series. Him and Marshashow did together. They were unbelievable together every time they were on the ice. So he's looking great. I think next round is when it'll really kick up for me. Now, you might know the result of Dallas and Seattle by the time you hear this on uh, Tuesday morning, um, if you're listening on Tuesday morning. It's going to matter to me who wins that. If Dallas wins, I'm probably just going to ignore it. No, neither team, either team winning is going to feel terrible. I'm going to hate both. So uh, I, I don't know that I'll really care one way or the other. I'll root against them once we get to the cup. Now, if it's Seattle... I think I'll get really into that series, rooting against Cycle, rooting against the Golden Knights. Expansion team versus expansion team. Here's why you might be thinking, oh my gosh, expansion teams going up against each other. Seattle, it's not the same. It's re- it is not the same. I, I don't like when people are comparing when Vegas was great in their first year to Seattle being great in their second year. I, I get what you're doing, right? Like it's a team that just showed up and you got you to gotta go through it. You got to earn it, right? You got you to gotta go through some suffering first because we've been going through it for 12 years now. I would, I would urge you to make an exception for Seattle fans. Vegas fans, I get it. They just got sports, right? The Raiders just showed up. They don't have baseball yet. They don't have basketball. The Golden Knights, that was it. That was their first taste of pro sports in any league. And they made the finals in year one. That's on a whole nother level. Those fans hadn't known anything until that moment. They hadn't gone through anything. Seattle fans. Yeah, sure. Seattle hockey fans may be a little bit different. But Seattle sports fans, 
they've gone through the ringer, right? Now, the Seahawks have been great. Up and down, though, right? It's not like they've been the Patriots. They had a Super Bowl. That's great. Like, they got a Super Bowl. Um, so it's not like they've been completely barren of any success. But the Seahawks, you know, a little up and down throughout their history. They've had a couple Super Bowl uh, appearances, um, one Super Bowl victory. Some down years. They had one last year or two years ago. Um, Seahawks aren't the best example anyway. The teams that have really struggled, the Mariners, they just, the Seattle sports fan just went through the longest playoff drought in professional sports, longer than the Bills drought. So they've got that. And they lost their basketball team. They had it ripped away from them. They unjustly, there was a lawsuit, right? Like the the Oklahoma City Thunder should not have left for Oklahoma City. They should have stayed in Seattle. They had their NBA team stolen from them. And their baseball team stunk for 20 years. So yeah, the hockey team just got there. But think of the Seattle sports fan more than the team itself. The Seattle sports fan's been through it. They've suffered. And I... I'm maybe they don't deserve it as much as Buffalo. You know, Buffalo's probably done more suffering. We compare cities, right? Cleveland suffered forever. Um, Detroit is suffering more than anybody right now. I'm not saying they're the most, you know, uh, barren sports landscape in the world, but they've suffered. And I think the Seattle sports fan could deserve would deserve this. So that if that helps you at all, get into Golden Knights and cracking a little bit. If we get that, uh, I think it will for me. I'll be rooting for the Seattle uh, sports fan, uh, both on Monday night against Dallas and then Tuesday night or uh, next round against the Golden Knights if they uh, if they get through. But Eichel is the Smythe favorite, and that's another reason to root for Seattle uh, if they make it. Don't have that image passed around all for the next year please. No. Or years. Years to come. Forever. All right. That's it for us today on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. Again, a change of gears. We got away from the exit interview series. We'll get back into that on our next show, breaking down each player and their season from the Sabres last year and looking ahead next year. So thanks for listening. We're looking forward to your Hellebuck comments and questions on our YouTube channel and at Lockdown Sabres. You everydayers come back next time and we'll be talking more about our exit interview series. That's coming up next time here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase.